customers were so understanding this year of the hit that small business took and that everything is just harder and longer and more expensive. And, you know, so I think really just being transparent, building that trust and, and, um, and dialogue with them, you know, I think that can go a long way. You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast, a podcast that is not just interviews and conversations. It's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way? And then we discuss it. To feel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business And together, we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hi, welcome. And I want to do a reintroduction of myself, this podcast, and just so we can touch base. It's like a little housekeeping call. So hi, (laughs) my name is Peggy. I am a digital nomad from Toronto. I... I just love moving to places. I love immersing myself in different cultures and and being able to work around the world. That's such a core passion of mine and I love doing that. And I also love helping other people bring their brands to life and also to appreciate all the amazing brands out there as well. And I find that with this podcast i'm able to bring forth those brands and their story and the the purpose of their brands and how their brands came to be and everything and all the questions around branding it's essentially what this podcast is and i am so grateful that it is guest-based because i can bring on unique perspectives of 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 business owners and to hear their hearts behind their brand so that is what this podcast is and I'm so happy that you're here along with me and that you get to listen with me too with for for what a time now to do so so thank you and that's just a little bit more about me I I'm so excited to introduce this next guest. They were referred to me by this amazing PR agency called Autumn Communications. And they introduced this this wonderful person to be on this podcast. And I'm so happy to have her. I'm so happy to share her. And I'm so happy for the gals at Autumn Communications for referring me to them. So shout out to Autumn Communications. And yeah, so without further ado, one more thing. If you aren't following me at Peggy Bree on Instagram, definitely do so. I share my digital nomad and faith journey and branding journey on there. And I would love to connect with you there and also follow Blank Room Design for all the podcast goodies and all those updates. And yeah, thank you for being part of this community. It's it's wonderful to grow this little seed of a podcast in this garden, this community of a garden and to be watered by be watered by by the encouragement of having these guests say the words that they say and be watered by 
their positivity and be watered by by their support and contributions to this podcast so yeah welcome and talk to you soon bye hi welcome back to another episode of branding gems i have such an amazing guest today to share her top three tips and advice today we have kaylin marcotte Kaylin is the founder and CEO of Jiggy, a direct-to-consumer jigsaw puzzle brand on a mission to modernize and elevate the humble jigsaw and support female artists around the world. Prior to launching Jiggy, Kaylin founded Village Strategies, a marketing consultancy, and was her first employee at The Skip. Runnin is community marketing, social media, and skin ambassadors. Kaylin holds a BA in political science and economics from Barnard College. She lives in Brooklyn, New York, and spends her time doing jigsaw puzzles, of course, and trying to make an impact on plastic pollution running Project Plastic with her sister, Mackenzie. Welcome, Kaylin. Hi, Peggy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk today. Yes, I'm so excited to share what you've learned in your business journey so far and your top three tips. I I have a feeling it's going to be so amazing. No, thank you. Yes, it's been a a fun ride so far um, and learned a lot for sure. (laughs) So let's dive right in. What are your top three tips on branding and business? And let's start with number one. Yeah, so number one is really something I picked up from my days at the Skim. So I joined the Skim pretty early on as their first employee. The co-founders had launched the daily email newsletter a year prior, and we're starting to build an audience and email list. And when I jumped on board, really the goal was to start building a real community and to really start to engage with these readers and build community around the brand and the newsletter. So um, my first tip is to really start to think of your customers and audience in terms of community and building that two-way you know, engagement, speaking to them directly, um, engaging with them in different ways, online, offline, um, and really starting to you know, not just build um, you know, uh, an audience in terms of attention or sales, but really start to get them bought into your brand and to your mission. And so the first thing I did when I got to the skin was launch an ambassador program. It's called Skin Ambassadors. Um, and it was uh, ended up being a big program and kind of our tentpole community initiative that was responsible for a lot of our growth and engagement. So I think step one is start to think of your audience or customer base in terms of community and come up with some ideas of how you can start to engage them. Mm -hmm. So how has community shaped your business and brand? Yeah, so uh, kind of tip two, which, which I think leads into that, is to lead with mission. So at Jiggy, you know, the backstory is actually from those early skin days. I was working 24-7 just on screens, you know, phone and computer all day long. And I was really looking for a way to unwind and unplug and 
get away from technology and just kind of transition to to the offline, you know, um, just relaxation. And I tried meditating and some other things that people were, were talking about, and it just didn't really stick for me. And then I did a jigsaw puzzle, and I found it really stress relieving and soothing and meditative. And so I started doing puzzles all the time. And I was always looking for new ones to buy and cool ones, you know, interesting designs to put together. And I just, all the ones I could find were really cheesy and outdated and just stock photography and, you know, animals and landscapes. And I really wanted to elevate and modernize them, kind of reintroduce puzzles, um, for a modern audience. And so to, to come up with the designs, I decided to partner with female artists, emerging artists from around the world. And from the beginning, we've done profit sharing and given back to them. And so, um, you know, for us really leading with that mission of supporting artists work and showcasing their work in a totally new way. Um, that's something that we've led with from the start. And that has really helped form community, not only of the artists themselves who we partner with, but of our customers who are excited to discover new work, discover new artists, you know, and then actually have a hand in putting their artwork together piece by piece through our puzzles. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that it really ties in all together, that mission and the fact that it's very community built, because it's nice to involve your audience and the community in the product, because that is a product that seems like it's a combined effort in creating. So I love that. Exactly, exactly. That's been such a fun thing to see. You know, the artist obviously created this work, and then we turned into a puzzle, and then the customer gets to almost like, you know, it's it's kind of structured creativity. They get to feel like they're part of the process of putting this work back together. Um, so it's a really interesting kind of relationship that develops between the artist and the puzzler, you know, having, when you puzzle a piece of artwork, like you see every single detail, right? You stare at a piece, you look at the big picture. Um, so there's like, you have a lot of appreciation for the work, definitely. Mm, I love that. So what has been like the biggest challenges in coordinating that? and putting that collaboration together and how have you I guess like go over those hurdles yeah I mean in terms of putting together the art the the biggest hurdle is just the manufacturing you know logistics minimum order quantities you know freight all of that and so I wish we could work with more artists um you know we limit our collections to six designs at a time um, but we get, we have such an amazing list of artists that I'm dying to work with. So we definitely want to be um, working with more and more artists. But, you know, really it started, I started going to art fairs and art shows in New York and, you know, just curating the art myself. And then once we launched, uh, we had a lot of artists reaching out to us. So then we opened kind of a um, submission process for artists who want to get involved Um but yeah, the, the, you know, the art and working with these artists, that's been kind of the fun, most fun, easy part. It's all the stuff coming from the skin, which is a media company, you know, Jiggy is my first product, physical product. And so all of the manufacturing and you know, supply chain and procurement and all that, that's totally new to me. So there's been a really steep learning curve there. 
Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. I love that. So what is there anything in this whole process that has become what it is that you wish that you knew beforehand, like either manufacturing, reaching out to the artists or in general, has there anything that you wish that you knew a little bit more before starting the process? Uh, a million things, definitely. Um, I will say though, that's, that's kind of one of my tips is really just start where you are and do what you can. You know, I sure there are things that I wish I knew before, but I also think you can always, you can always know more, have another, you know, have a bit more practice or let me, you know, perfect this skill set first. And I think that can almost stunt you of just always, you know, you're never going to be a hundred percent ready. So at a certain point, you just have to dive in and then you'll figure out the rest as you go. But definitely the whole world of manufacturing and, you know, um, negotiating with factories and knowing what questions to ask and production timelines and all of that. I wish um, there, there would have been, you know, some, uh, some, things that ended up becoming urgent problems that wouldn't have been if I had maybe known what questions to ask. But, you know, you learn, you do it the first time, and hopefully just don't make the same mistakes again. Um, And then, you know, I think really just reaching out for help, knowing when you do need help. You know, I think there's definitely, as an entrepreneur, can be an attitude of, like, just, you know, hustle, do it yourself, um, you know, that, that you can figure it out, that you have to, you know, take on everything on your own. And so I think definitely just raising my hand sooner of, Hey, I actually, I need some support here, you know, either hiring help or just having a good advisory, uh, kind of base around me. Um, but yeah, you know, knowing that you don't, even me as a solo founder, you know, I don't have co-founders, but I don't have to do it alone. And I, that's so good I love that reminder that ultimately you learn the most during the process and there of course there's always going to be all these guidebooks and how all these how to's and and doing it before but really learning during the process is the most is the key and and you and there's so much value in that and I think you would learn actually like more so than those how-to books because it is applied in the scenario that you're in so that's so good Mm -hmm. exactly yeah I think really just Mm -hmm. learning on the job if you will and, and as you go um and then you know hopefully you do it a couple times, you learn, and then either can do it, you know, quicker, faster, more scalable, or hire someone. But, you know, kind of my approach has been the first time of everything, I've, I've really, you know, had to figure out myself and then, and then either hire someone for it or figure out how mm-hmm. to do it in a more scalable way. Mm-hmm. So what is that process in turning it to a more scalable business like? Like, what was the yeah, what was that thought process like? What was the whole process like? And are there any tips in in helping other people scale their business when they go through that? Yeah, you know, it's been a really interesting year because we I launched um, towards the end of 2019. So I had just a few months in business before 
COVID started. And then, you know, it was kind of a moving target where I thought I had figured something out or, or just, you know, figured out the process for it. But then the circumstances completely changed. And so we had to figure it out again from scratch. And then, you know, oh, the supplier can't get things in time. Okay, so then we're, you know, so it was just, it was a constantly um, just new process, moving target. So this year has certainly been uh, hopefully a bit more challenging and, and uh, more hurdles than than a usual year. But yeah, I think in terms of scaling, you know, really um, thinking in terms of just framework and infrastructure and, you know, not tying yourself to a process that ultimately, you know, if it, you know, doubled, tripled, would you be able to do it manually still? And, you know, just getting ahead of, of not kind of locking yourself into um, com- commitments to your to your customers that you won't be able, um, you know, to do if, if you doubled in a month, um, which certainly, you know, I think, you can just this last year has just shown you never you never know what's ahead and what can happen so um i think really just just setting up for success uh in in terms of scaling and just making sure that you set reasonable expectations kind of going back to building that engagement and community i think it's just transparency you know customers are so understanding this year of the hit that small business talk and that everything is just harder and longer and more expensive and you know so I think really just being transparent building that trust and and um and dialogue with them you know I think that can go a long way Mm -hmm. I love that so really reflecting on the now on the actual process and this and 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 really determining if if it allows for scaling up so that makes a lot of sense and I love that Throughout that whole process, you are actively involving the community in in every area of growth and to keep them in it and to grow with them. Like, that's so key. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think it really does. It really goes a long way and really gets people, you know, from just being a buyer or, you know, following your brand on Instagram or something to really being bought in, really you know, being invested in your success with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. My goodness. So mm-hmm. we went through the first two tips, which was the first one was honing into the community. And then the second is the mission behind the mm-hmm. brand. So what is your final most valuable tip on business and branding? So my final tip, um, which I actually kind of touched on, I see it a lot of, you know, people, um, yeah, wanting, I think, you know, perfection first or to launch with the fully baked idea and everything. And um, I think really my final tip is just to start where you are, do what you can, start building traction and really to bet on yourself. I think as, especially as women and, um, and I see a lot of female entrepreneurs, it's so easy. It comes so naturally for us sometimes to support other people and, you know, help build their ideas. And I think when you have conviction in your idea and you want this business to exist, it's time to bet on yourself. And I think just starting, you know, as easy as get the social media handles, start kind of putting up content and building a following. Is there traction there? What's the feedback? 
um, you know, starting to to put something out into the world and and building kind of a starter audience for yourself. So when you are ready to you know launch fully, you have a little place to start. Um, you've probably gotten some feedback. Maybe the idea has iterated a couple of times. So I think my my biggest kind of overall advice is just to to actually get started and start putting. I think in in some kind of tech applications, maybe there's this advice of like you know keep it close to the vest or um, or you know like the stealth startup. I kind of took the the opposite, especially since I'm a solo founder and doing it alone. Of, talking to as many people as possible about the idea when I had it, because I never knew where it was going to lead. Some people had intros to a factory. Some were like, oh, here's an amazing artist I know, you know. So, so many just um, happenstance introduction support energy came from starting to just put my idea out into the world. Um, so I would say just get started and, and start spreading the word and getting that infectious energy. I totally loved what you shared about building that traction and and the key to having a lot of people around you to help you in terms of answering any questions that you have along the way and putting you into that environment so that you'll be able to have access to these people to ask these questions too. So I love that. Yeah, I think it's really important, especially for me as a solo founder, you know, doing it alone to really start to to share the idea and you know people had different introductions to to manufacturers and artists and it really just led to not only actual help but really just that energy and the feedback and people getting excited for me and um you know starting to brainstorm with me a little bit so I think um really just starting to put your idea out into the world and it will start to take even more and more shape and and you never quite know where it will go Mm-hmm. I love that. So do you have any tips on maintaining that relationship in that community and and any tips on harvesting that community so that it could be strong? In terms of just advisors and, and people around you? Yeah, or like how to keep that audience really more like more so engaged as day as the day goes on. Yeah, I think people, you know, people love being a part of something and especially when it's, you know, an early thing that they, you know, maybe even knew of first and there's some discovery component and they get to really watch your growth with you. So I think it comes back to just that that kind of brand relationship building and letting them in and kind of behind the scenes and here's a new milestone that we're going towards you know, even a sneak peek at new product or being involved with, you know, giving feedback on new products. Um, you know, of course, social media and email are are kind of the, the channels that are the quickest and easiest to just engage with them on even a daily basis. Um, so, you know, hopefully in in normal times, you can get back to offline things as well and having events in different cities where your customers or followers are. Um, and and I think really just thinking about, you know, back to mission, like what does it mean to, what does it mean to be a follower, supporter, customer of your brand? And what are the values that 
somebody aligns with when they're engaging with you as a brand and then bring those to life with content, with events, um, and just continue, I think, really, you know, transparency and, and providing experiences and content um, really mm-hmm. builds that in a continuous way. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned the online and offline capabilities on maintaining that relationship with your audience because even the times now when everything is all online sometimes I even forget that there are these offline experiences to still be felt in the future it's it's like wild (laughs) I know hopefully sooner than later but yeah I mean there's so much um I think I think brands can be doing to really bring their brand and products to life offline. So getting creative, especially, I mean, I live in New York, but you know, I'm sure all over the country, just like flexible pop-up spaces or even just in, you know, in a park, in, in public. I think you can get started in, uh, in you know, some, uh, it doesn't need to be like all out, you know, the first time around starting to see what it would look like to do something offline and and keep iterating and just keep learning. Mm-hmm. Oh, these tips were so good, Keely. I'm so oh, glad that you so were much, able to share them. <laughs> and what's next for you? What's happening in Kayleen's world and also for Jiggy and, and in general, what's next? Yeah, so I'm just continuing to build the business, build the brand. We, what I'm really excited about um, and, and really kind of hits on a lot of these points is that we just launched a new offering, which is a puzzle club subscription. So it's a monthly membership. You know, what we found is we really high repeat customer rates. Puzzles are addicting. Do one, you want to dive into another, you know. Um, and there's really, you know, the, the founding story for me is kind of discovering them as my form of meditation. There really is a connection to stress relief and, you know, just exercising your brain. Um, and be more present and getting off technology. So we definitely come out that kind of become a part of people's self-care routine. So we wanted to um, enable that in a, in a monthly ritual. And so we launched a monthly subscription and you get a five-minute puzzle every month. We'll be doing, you know, meet and greets with the artists who created um, art each month and hopefully offline, you know, events, puzzle parties once we're, we're able to. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just continuing to have fun with Jiggy and build it and this new monthly membership is kind of our next big thing. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting and I loved how much you could do during all this time and with the capacity of online experiences because that's so true you can add in those monthly subscriptions and that's so smart for such a product-based company I, I love that I love that Thank you so much, <laughs> it is and yes where can people find you yeah so we're just jiggypuzzles.com um, all social and uh, yeah you can find us follow. I'm in the accounts of DM. Uh, yeah, we're Jiggy Puzzles everywhere. 
Love that. So thank you so much again for being on a guest. My goodness, your tips and your advice are just so golden. They're so yeah. good. I love them. Thank you so much. I hope it helps and I hope everyone's chasing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And thank you again for everyone for tuning in and we are signing off. Episode. Oh my gosh. Kaylin's friggin' amazing. And if you like this episode, please rate this podcast on Apple and follow it on Spotify. We can keep this podcast alive. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.